You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Welcome to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the end of the month, the 30th of November, 2017. This is Ted from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And hey, Dave, uh, long time no talk. I know it has been. Uh, it's been a couple weeks now that, uh, well, outside of Facebook, we we chatted. So. Uh, welcome, uh, I guess. Welcome back to radio and. Uh, Hopefully our listeners didn't miss us too much. Oh, I'm sure they did, but they'll get over it. <laughs> <laughs> They're resilient, those listeners. So it's been uh, it's been about two weeks since we were on the air. Uh, personal emergency a couple of weeks ago, and then um, I guess a personal emergency if you were a turkey last week. Uh, <laughs> For those celebrating what I like to refer to as the wrong Thanksgiving. Yes, the other the other Thanksgiving. The other Thanksgiving for our listeners. Uh, we're both Canadian. <laughs> Here in Canada, we celebrate Thanksgiving um, often back in, in the first first weeks of October when it's still warm enough to drive to Grandma's house without <laughs> doing a terrible spin out on black ice or something. <laughs> and that's only yeah. funny because I'm you know on the west coast where, let's be honest, I'm not really worried about slipping on ice. Indeed. <laughs> So it's been um, it's been a hectic couple of weeks. A lot has gone on. Um, the names, the names of powerful people in our industry have been piling up one by one. Dave, it's been uh, it's been awesome watching the reaction. Uh, Joe Whelan, Ross Dunn, Maria Hines, and today, today, Alan Blywife were all named as people the search community has been honoring. Um, Barry Schwartz, may his name ever be mentioned at least once on our show, um, <laughs> what, episode, what is an episode on our show, has been doing this really cool series. Um, and uh, the, the series is, is, is in um, reaction to uh, it's a lot of really sad events. There was um, four deaths. Um, 
in 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 the industry in like a month in a month's period last uh last month um Barry's reaction was to uh you know remember people that uh he'd like to uh, you know those people you always wish you'd had a chance to say thank you to yeah so Barry's doing that for the community and so far uh Joe Whalen, Ross Dunn, Marie Hines and uh Alan Blightwhite have been noted yeah and all of them well deserved kudos um, and and appreciation. I mean, I you know I I read the whole list, and you were the one that had put uh, Ross up. Um, I know he helped you cut your teeth, helped me cut my teeth, as you did. So thank you for that. And uh, yeah, that was that was some. Well, I think that was the first one that I saw pop out. That might have been the first one uh, first one published. Um, now, Jim, I was like the first one published on Monday. Uh, Ross right. was number two. Marie was three, and uh, again this morning, Alan got published was number four. And wasn't that excellent? Wasn't that excellent? Yeah, and everybody, all of these trailblazers, and I mean, what, Ross was around doing SEO in what '98, sort of one of the unsung mm-hmm. sort of pioneers. Um, so yeah, no, that was that was some well deserved. I saw that one come across, and I, I knew as soon as I saw uh, the post, I was like, I know who did that. <laughs> sure enough, there there you were, um, and uh, yeah, definitely well deserved. And I know John was in there, uh, John Carcut going. Yeah, this is uh, this is a great recommendation. Well, yeah, Ross is uh, Ross is an SEO's mensch. He's just a really cool guy, and uh, gave both of us our start in the industry. So we both owe him a career, right? Indeed, indeed. Um, I know mine got started back. Uh, I worked for a hosting company, and uh, there you guys were. Uh, you know, growing our uh, growing our traffic and triggered in my mind. Oh, that's easier than. Um, you know, cold calling. Well, your track, we, we had you number one in web hosting. Yeah. In Canada, but like in, 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 on Earth, we had you number one in web hosting. Grow your traffic. Good God, we must have exploded your traffic. <laughs> <laughs> and what a funny, just to, 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 to take our listeners so back in time, got us number one in Canada for the term web hosting. We were like top 10 in the U.S. as well. And that took you guys, what, like, Three months or something. Two, three months. Oh, and, and, and by the way, who is one of the richest people you know in the whole world? The former owner of that place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, her. <laughs> yeah, so that all, uh, that all worked out super well. And, uh, well, yeah. It did for today, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, the rest of us were so slogging along. But, you know... <laughs> Okay, and uh, Ross, thank you so much for giving both of us a start in this, uh, in this industry. It's a lot of fun. It's intellectually challenging. It takes you to really weird places. And sometimes the stuff you learn in this industry, Dave, I'm telling you. Like, for instance, and this, this, might, this, this, this hurts my brain until, um, until, until I actually thought about it. Um, John Wheeler, in uh, one of his um, soon now becoming infamous hangouts, um, was asked a question, but by your friend of mine, Bill Hartzer, mm-hmm. um, does Google use uh, the metric time to first bite? Do we need to worry <laughs> about this? Now, time to first bite is uh, how long it bas- is a measurement basically of how long it takes uh, Google to download the uh, first uh, hit, first packet, first whatever from your website. Yeah, Google server reaches out, touches your server, your server returns something. Boom, first bites come down. Yeah. Um, 
So John's response is no. As far as I know, we don't use um, time to first bite in any of our metrics. Mm-hmm. And again, John. Well, I don't know. How do you? How, what, what do you think about that answer? <laughs> and that's, that's a very, very uh, googly answer. Uh, as far as I'm, as, as far as I'm concerned, think okay, time to first bite. No, maybe, maybe not. But then time to first bite is one of the metrics in the page speed tools, and time to loading your page and visitor experience are. So, yeah, I, I, I do think technically he's probably right that they don't have time to first bite built into their algorithm as a factor. But they're uh, going to have page load time <laughs> in there and then all the metrics associated with that. So he's kind of right, I guess, technically, right. but he's wrong in, 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 yeah, in, in, in reality. Google doesn't like um, spider and download entire websites anymore. Back when we started, back in the days when uh, – but Ross said was still doing things worth honoring him over, like hiring us. Um, <laughs> No, but back in, back in, back um, up until I think 2008, Google would actually would actually come to your server and download page by page by page of your website, and download like every object it could off the site. Right, try to read yeah. its way through forms, try to fill in files or uh, forms if it could, and see what uh, and submit them and see what it got returned, etc. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do that anymore. Now Google takes sort of like a snapshot of your page and looks at it. It renders it. Um, it doesn't download the whole page anymore because it doesn't have to. Right. So it doesn't actually measure time to first bite. Um, it's looking at now how long does it take for the page to like, fully render for us to see what's on, what's on this page. And page load speed is critically important. So like time to first bite is a measure. And it's a useful metric, but it's not mm-hmm. part of the algorithm. Right. <laughs> so it's a, you're right. It's a googly. And, and in fact, I think that's. I think you've just coined a new phrase, Dave. <laughs> the googly answer. Yeah, it's a very, very, very googly answer. Um, but you know, I mean, I, I, I don't blame them. You know, they they clearly have to do their googly answers. Um, and I mean, the thing is, he was. Those are the types of questions where they're sort of damned if they do, damned if they don't, right? Like if he'd answered it the other way, we would all be going, yeah, but it's not specifically a metric or we'd all be chasing after just like reducing that and wondering why our rankings didn't improve, right? <laughs> like doing that at the cost of something else. Um, you know, because we all have finite time. Every SEO, every marketing, every enterprise has, you know, a finite amount of time. So yeah, I get they don't want us chasing after some metric that it in and of itself doesn't. And they've been clear over years that yes, I mean, they put out tools, right? Page speed matters. So we need to take that with the proper understanding. And I think this is where I, where I respect, but feel sorry for, for the, the googly people now, like John um, or Gary, where they're answering more on the fly than say Matt Cutts did back in his day where he would do these well-polished videos, which were awesome, but they were well-polished videos. Um, Matt, had, Matt had control of the topic he was addressing, where John and uh, Gary, they're being hit with questions, right? Like another yeah. Blue. Yeah, indeed. And, and that, that's where we end up with scenarios like this. By the way, Danny Sullivan, take note. Like, um, 
Don't put yourself on an open stage. Do what Matt did. Put yourself on a sound stage. <laughs> I think that's what he's going to be doing. Maybe he can even try and pull off a T-Rex. Yeah, but you, you, can't, you can't sign autographs with like, your hands like that. You can never do that. Um, so you're right though you're definitely going on a limb if you you are a Google answerer you know an engineer at Google who actually has the the, the, the guts to try to answer questions Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) and we keep we do keep seeing this and I always I always try and defend them for that like the you know, they're answering on the fly. My problem, yeah, the problem is with, 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 I love that they give the answers and that they're giving us a, a glimpse in, but, and this, I mean, Kathy at Empor has, a, it definitely, definitely has a place in the uh, search marketing industry, buyer beware. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, sometimes I'm just not sure how, if, if the Googlers themselves realize how much small businesses rely on and how much money is on the line, and it might not be a lot of money to these guys, but to a small business, um, to a small business, a thousand dollars is a lot of money. You know, yeah. To, 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 to the Googleites, to people who are making like six figures a year, a thousand bucks might seem like a lot of cash, but it really is to a small business. Well, and indeed. When an investment goes wrong because of bad information, Mm-hmm. or misinterpreted information, um, you know, I mean, no, it's not anyone's responsibility because uh, technically the answer was correct, but, you know, <laughs> don't leave, don't leave, th- be very transparent. Don't leave things opaque because web captures terrible mistakes and waste people's money. And you know what, some sound, sound advice that every business owner should know is that's why you need to hire professionals. <laughs> well, indeed, that uh, if you spend an extra thousand on the professional, you might save ten thousand down the line. There is that, and you know what? I mean, to to your point, I I think though is what if you don't have, or what if you only have that thousand? Right? And we've all been there. Every small, well, I don't know that everybody uh, you know listening right now did, but all entrepreneurs, all small business owners, we all started with some money in our pocket and. You know, you don't have it to give away. <laughs> so you're going to try and do the best you can with it. Um, you know, and, and maybe that's, you know, what's going to afford you just the time to do something. So credit words do, they, or to, to your point, they do need to pay more attention as they're saying these things or provide some, some excellent clarification after the fact. When they, they are answering on the fly, when they answer like that, uh, providing that clarification would be, uh, would be helpful for those people who need to do it themselves. They're just trying to figure it out. They're taking the advice from the source. Um, the source is just sometimes technically right, but tactically wrong. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. We have to go to commercial in a couple of minutes, but we got time for, I think, one more, one more really quick story. Ooh. That uh, off fast. Okay, well, here's here's a fun one then. Um, Dr. Uh, your friend of mine, uh, Dr. Pete Myers, um, over at Moz, just just published. They you know they they do their uh, stats and, and analytics all the time. 
Um, and he had done a, basically been looking at, as Moz does, a whole variety of queries. And then, you know, poor Pete needs to now sit down and, and tear through all the data that they're collecting <laughs> and try and make heads or tails about it. Um, one of the things he noticed is that knowledge graphs recently um, have been growing in their popularity. What's interesting about that is, and, and you know, lots of people have probably noticed it, um, what was interesting about it is that, and this is since, uh, I believe, September, October, um, knowledge or uh, featured snippets have been dipping and being replaced by knowledge graphs. So that I found interesting is, you know, how we're starting to view things. And I mean, at, uh, at PubCon, Google come out basically saying, yep, they're volatile, featured snippets are volatile. Um, these knowledge panels are, are interesting. And one of the reasons I have to think that they're starting to use knowledge panels, and this is just, I'm just guessing here, um, is a, I think it was a few weeks ago, my, you know, people can look it up. It might have been two, might have been four. It was, it was recently enough. Anyway, um, they started testing ads in knowledge panels, which they can do in featured snippets. <laughs> so I have to wonder if these two things tie together a little bit. You know what? I think you're probably right, but I don't think that would be the actual reason they did it. I think that's just they, they, that um, the knowledge panel is coming up more often. I think that's just sort of um, a a bonus unintended consequence. Like I said, people don't know how to use feature snippets. Uh webmasters don't know how to um to uh to, to write the code that, that 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 properly sets featured snippets. Um yeah. and you know as we're uh, as I want to talk about a little bit later, um if uh if uh you may Google announced if you screw up say other forms of markup they're going to pe- they're actually going to penalize you mm-hmm. because people are are using markup to uh not because you did wrong but because others are using markup to to introduce spam in into the serps and uh um rather than uh devoting the resources to look through it, to look through what amounts to a needle in a haystack or you know a fine tooth comb yeah you know, school is just going to like use their their big net and take everybody out <laughs> as they do, and hopefully not uh, to the same uh, impact as something like, say, Penguin. Well, 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 actually, I think they will. They're going to use a big brush. They're going to use a big bat and ju- or a big broom and just sweep clean. If you do it right, you're fine. If you don't do it right, you, you, might have ha- you mightn't have had malicious intention, but Google doesn't care. Right. It doesn't have time or resources to judge intention. It's ju- it just judges the fact right now, right? It's just going to sweep you aside. Now, Google Google does knowledge graph algorithmically, right? Right. And snippets are often um, maybe discovered algorithmically, but set by the webmaster. Right. Oh, and they can make more money off knowledge graph, eh? <laughs> I, think, I definitely think you got a point there. Yeah, and one of the things I found interesting, and, and Pete had noted this just for, for, for our listeners, um, one of the areas that I was, or that, that he isolated, you know, I'm seeing it, like I'm looking at the screen with it right now, is we're seeing it cascading into where you would expect a feature statement. And I have to wonder also if it's um, the different media that they can pull in and the, and the different format, because even for fairly generic queries, and the example I'm looking at right now is HDMI. 
um, you know, so even for a fairly generic query, we're not seeing that featured snippet, you know, little definition maybe with a picture. We're seeing a knowledge panel with lots of pictures. Um, the big definition pulled from Wikipedia. A bunch of people also searched for with some, you know, pictures of the different uh, connectors and stuff like, you know, are they doing it because the user experience is also improved? If I'd look just HDMI, now I know what it is. I'm sure you know what it is too, and most of our listeners probably do. But if I was looking it up and I didn't know, I will say they are actually giving me a superior experience in just defining it without me having to click on anything. Hey, Google. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'll, you know, ultimately, that's what Google's trying to do. But, well, again, ultimately, that's what Google's trying to do. Maybe snippets and uh, the markup experiment are going to be ending soon. Who knows, eh? Which is too it could bad, be. because I thought markup was an amazing way to inform Google of, uh, or help Google find out more about what any given page was, especially given we're moving into a, a very stripped-down universe. Yeah, yeah, very, very much. Um, and they did mention that, and I know we, we were, were really short on time here, but they did come up with an announcement on that, I think it was last week, um, and unfortunately we didn't do a show, um, basically going, it's not necessary for these things, Basically, the, and I can't remember the exact way they worded it, but the Coles notes were cliff notes for, for my American friends, um, was we're, we're trying to move away from the need uh, for schema and, and for markup, uh, which was funny to me. And my first reaction was, ah, so basically you want us to keep using it right now so that we can train you to help our competitors later. Great. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. On that, we do got to take a break. It's uh 25 minutes after the hour at the time of recording. So on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm on November the 30th, 2017. Stick around. We're back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Not on my watch, our military service members say, as they volunteer to serve, as they move out, stand firm, and take fire. So not on our watch, we say, to the severely ill or injured veterans who can't get the care they deserve to live full and independent lives, even when there's no government funding or a nursing home seems like the only option. We won't leave one warrior behind. Not on our watch. Join us at findwwp.org. Hello, I'm Hector Elizondo, and I want to talk to you about getting older. My body hurts, my joints ache, and sometimes I forget. I forget that doing all your own scenes for a movie isn't always the best decision, especially when you're galloping high speed on a horse named Archibello. So, yes, my body hurts, but it's not because of my age. It's because I'm living my life. Don't let life pass you by. Take care of your brain health. 
It may just help you stay on top of your game. Learn more at brainhealth.gov. Blog, blog, blog. Webmasterradio.fm. We're the talk of the town. Webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on Webmasterradio.fm. Here are the host, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Everyone, welcome back to Book Talking. I'm Jeff Mastery.com. It's the uh, 30th of November, 2017. 26, 25 shopping days till Christmas. Um, like what? Three shopping days until you can't get stuff shipped on time anymore. <laughs> um, and uh, I don't know where I want to go next, Dave. It's weird doing the show on my cell phone, not on my computer, so everything feels funny. Um. <laughs> I was looking at one thing I was really excited about. One of my favorite tools that, that Google actually you know, still makes available to webmasters is Google Trends. I love Google Trends. I knew where you were going. I was pulling that tab up to the story as you were uh, as you were starting. Take it away. And Google used to Google Trends used to uh, only show information from Google's organic index. It's just opened up uh, to most of other Googly indexes, uh, news, <laughs> shopping images, and most importantly, YouTube. Um, and uh, what Trends does, is it shows you the uh, media and search user interest in any particular term, and then it gives you a whole lack of other options for search terms. Um, Things that are similar are people who are searching for this are often searching for this. Um, so it's a great keyword tool. It's a great trend tool. It shows you where people are doing um, heavy search, in, uh, search uh, uh, interest in any given query or query phrase from. Um, it's, just, it's just a remarkable tool. Again, very, very it much. It used to only be limited to organic, or Google's organic index. Now, news, shopping, images, and YouTube are also involved. Are also uh, at, are providing data to uh, to the information you can get off Google Trends. If you haven't used it, trends.google.com, google.com/trends, whichever. It's a, a remarkable tool. It really is, and one of the things I like about this, like you know, you know, you're an agency. I mean, you know, we we have tools. We have you know, lots and lots of tools. All of us, um, and I think this puts some of the information that we rely on every day, and we rely on to serve our customers well. And in this one, I'm thinking of Buzzsumo specifically, right? I love it. I'm not getting rid of it just because Trends is there because it's got lots of other things. But um, one of the things that I really did like about it was it's sort of enhanced version of trends, right? It's constantly crawling. It's constantly, you know, exploring and I can go in there to find out, okay, what are people talking about right now in tech, right? So that I can sort of piggyback for a client off, you know, what's, what's trending right now. Um, I think this is, is putting some of that, um, into the hands of people who, you know, maybe you can't afford all these things. You know, I mean, I, I can purchase it and, you know, sort of the cost gets spread over a bunch of different things. So it's, it's worth it for me, but we're talking, you know, really about that guy who, you know, or, or, or woman who has, you know, a thousand dollars, um, to start their company. Yeah. Are you going to be spending, you know, a hundred dollars plus on, on one tool just for this one purpose? 
No, I wouldn't have. <laughs> so, um, you know, and in my start, I was, you know, piggybacking off every free tool I could and maybe investing in a couple of them. So, um, yeah, I really like that. And I think it sort of level, you know, levels the playing field and it's just going to provide us some, some new information. So enhance what we're already uh, collecting with, uh, with some of our other tools. Well, one, one, I have a number of lectures that I deliver to uh, you know, companies or clients or whomever, right? Uh, with, mm-hmm. really, whoever will pay me for it. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and one of them, writing for search engines, provides a lot of information on Google Trends. So I'm, I'm happily going to be spending the, this afternoon revising that lecture. See, and then it, 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 it also leads to supplemental content, just like you're talking about now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, we, we should move on. We don't want to get caught short like we were uh, last segment. Um, I want to talk about this last segment. Uh, this, uh, I'm not quite sure how I feel about this. I, I, again, I know why Google's doing it, but and I mentioned it before. Um, if you... You're using schema in your uh, in your work now, right? All the time, and it's useful. It gets information from uh, it gets information up onto a Google search result that that will almost certainly differentiate your client's results from uh, from their competitions, right? Exactly. It it helps explain what your client offers, be it a product or a service. It, you might be giving away like or, or giving out like. Um, times that, 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 that consumers can call your client, a phone number they can call to, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, if you really wanted to be malicious, Dave, you could also spam the living crap out of that, out of that area. Because, you know, when you're saying um, date range, whatever, you don't actually have to put in a date. You can put in text. Eat at Joe's. You're telling Google to put this up as if it were a date range. Mm. I've never done that. I've been using rich snippets. Um, I've been using event schema, and uh, to 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 um, they've been using it to introduce basically spammy text into the SERPs. I didn't think people. I didn't. I didn't think you could do this. It never occurred to me you could do this, mind you. A lot of the black stuff never occurs to me until I find out about it. But because I just don't think that way. <laughs> like, why would you misinform the search engine? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you, 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 you hit the nail on the head right? and all of us are constantly fighting for this right every that that just you know and, and with schema for example maybe it's not impacting rankings john says it i believe him but okay you give me those that extra little you know 12 pixel high bit of text you know with my serp well that's just a few more clicks that i'm i'm probably going to get um, oh yeah, it does. I don't think it. I don't think it really has a lot of impact on your rankings, but it has a huge impact on your click-throughs. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've certainly seen it. Like I do use Schema, you know, for for my site for clients, and it, it's very very clear for our <laughs> listeners who don't uh, use it. It does, and it, it's core. Um, just for for listeners who might not have toyed with it yet, and why it's it's so powerful is it it enables you, and I usually use the JSON LD unless it's like breadcrumbs, in which case I'll use the the standard markup. But um, it enables you to pass information to Google that doesn't necessarily appear on your page, and and in a perfectly you know this is where the problem comes in, and this is where the the, the sort of brilliance and, and excellence of it is is there sometimes I don't want something to exist on a page, but it is relevant 
to that item. You know, a, a, you know, a, a client who has multiple vacation rentals, um, but they don't have an address. I mean, you, you've been to Whistle, right? It doesn't actually have a fixed address. Well, I can use a geolocation. Now, am I going to put that on the page, latitude, longitude? No, I'm not. That doesn't make sense. But I can still pass that information across. Um, and let Google know that, or I can let Google know what that review for that property is if using the markup on the page or, or using it on the page wouldn't necessarily yield the, the same sort of layout. I probably have the reviews on the page, but probably not in, in the case I'm thinking of. Anyway, it, it takes away the need to format it a specific way. I can still pass that information across and format it however I like on the page. So um, it, it has a lot of greatness, but therein, you can pass information that doesn't necessarily actually exist on your page. Therein is the flaw in it as well. And I mean, I, I, I'd be remiss never for a client, but I'd be remiss to say I haven't toyed um, with stretching a use of a schema a little bit. <laughs> um, well, if you're using event markup, if you want to say on uh, such and such a date or at such and such a time, this is happening. Um, even Google is putting you on notice. As of now, do it right. Have your have your schema written exactly, completely properly, or um, face one of those mysterious, algorithmic, not manual penalties. So no one's going to say this is the reason you got you're getting uh, you're losing ranking, you're losing traffic. But you're probably going to lose ranking and traffic if you uh, if you don't uh, put your structured data up properly. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely, and, and so you should. Now, I saw this happen with a client back in the summertime. And it took a couple of weeks to figure out it was, it was a schema. Um, so now Google's saying straight up, we're doing this. So there you are, folks. No. Forewarned, <laughs> or, forewarned is, um, I don't know how that saying goes. Forewarned <laughs> is, you know, sorry? Safer. We'll just <laughs> Forewarned is you don't fall off the pier. That's what it means. Yeah. Forewarned is you don't walk off the pier. You heard it here first. Um, what else do we got here? Well, you know what? I, I've got a... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I've been wondering, and um, it's a silly question given that you've actually written an article for the series, but have you been following that series of like, Search Engine Journal over there? So did, like, going to the history of SEO by looking at uh, Google algorithms? Yes. Um, yeah, it, it's, been a, it's been a great series historically. It's funny, I got a tweet yesterday from somebody going, you need to actually put in, it wasn't to me specifically, it was more to Search Engine Journal, but I was tagged in it as well. You need to start putting that this is part of a series of old algorithms because poor guy got called from a client tearing a strip off them for not keeping them updated as to what these algorithms were. <laughs> and they were mad at them for not keeping it in terms of caffeine. I'm like... Whoa, okay. <laughs> yeah, that is a bit of a problem. I'd have loved that. <laughs> but if they'd read it in the first paragraph, it like talks. And, and Danny, um, editor over at, uh, at Search Engine Journal, Danny Goodwin is who I'm referring to, your friend and mine, had actually said right in the beginning, you know, talk about you know, sort of first paragraph, talk about when when this happened and what it was, right? Like just a Cole's notes. I don't think that's what he was specifically talking about. Um, like, or, or the specific problem he was trying to address, but yeah, maybe I should have started that title with the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, the uh, most recent two articles, um, the page layout algo and the penguin algo, uh, were put up in the last couple of days. Very good. Both of which totally worth reading. Penguin has been covered to death. Like, we'd uh, promise we're going to talk about Penguin one of these days sometime, probably before autumn. I swear to God, we're going to talk about it again one of these days. I don't want to talk about it today. <laughs> um, but I swear, we really will get to it. I swear to you. <laughs> the page layout algo. The page layout algo was a really interesting one that doesn't get enough coverage or didn't get enough coverage and actually still has an effect on uh on 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 on, on if a page is going to rank or not. Um this was also the algo that that, that um talked about uh content or ad content above the fold. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's something that I strongly recommend uh, SEOs go refresh themselves on, and especially new SEOs. If you weren't around when the algo was introduced, um, what was that, like 2012, 2013 or so? That was about right, yeah. It was a while ago. So we're looking at like four or five years ago, and your career mightn't have begun then. Um, and if it didn't, it was a fairly significant update that um, changed the way front pages of websites or pages or the way websites look. So it used to be people would pack ads above the fold to make sure that the impression got counted. Yep. Uh, but it completely degenerated the user experience. And Google started badly penalizing for that. Um, and that was often mistaken for a panda penalty. So again, it's just one of those things where I say, I think it's up on, it's up on search engine journal now and it's really worth, uh, suggesting people go go and just refresh themselves with this series. Yeah, that's that's great advice. And there are more coming in the series. Um, and it is incredibly useful. One of the other ones I found interesting from a, you know, of course, I read them again, just to, you know, oh, yeah, sort of throwback. But you pick something up from each one of them. It's like, oh, yeah, I kind of forgot about that part. Some of it's useless. Some of it's just like, I mean, useless in like a, yeah, I already have integrated this into the way I do things. I didn't need to be reminded. I'd forgotten that that's why, but I did it. But um, this is one of the interesting ones as well, and I think it was last week, um, was on Hummingbird, um, which was also a, a, an interesting uh, an interesting algorithm update. And I won't bother getting too much into it, but safe to say, hunt that one down too, because it's a, it's a worthwhile read to understand when some fairly significant things happened in Google, why they were done, because it defines the infrastructure we're dealing with now, more or less, I mean, loosely, but it does, and it'll it'll help people understand what they're working with now. Well, totally. And, you know, just at the beginning of this show, we were talking about, were we talking about just, or did we just men, mean to talk about it? Um, you know, SEOs who don't have a full, um, well, Full knowledge or skill base. Um, oh no, it was just before the show. We were talking about browsing members saying, you know, spending the extra thousand dollars on the professional can save you ten thousand later on. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, Jeremy Knopf wrote a piece. I'm sorry, I'm totally spacing where it got published. Was it was that in Search Engine Journal? You know, I want to say yes, but I'll look it up. You tell us about the piece, and I'll. I'll... Well, Remind people it's, and it's the kind of piece that I think every SEO veteran wanted to write themselves. And I mean, the, the too long didn't read or the I didn't know it existed, I haven't read it yet version is, if you don't know what you're doing, get the hell out of the industry. It's getting a lot harder. It's not going to get easier. 
you're screwing yourself and your clients over and, and uh, um, something about um, mashing your face in the sand. I, I, I didn't um, catch that part, but it was in there, I'm sure. Maybe it was subtext. <laughs> it was over at uh, Search Engine Land, just for for, for, uh, okay. for, for the reference. And yeah, it's, uh, the title is Looking to Get Out of the SEO Business. Good. <laughs> don't, let the, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Yeah. So thanks, Jeremy, for, uh, for, for covering what we all wanted to say. Yeah. Um, what brought us to that? Oh, yes. Go and review all this stuff. If you don't have the requisite information, if you don't know why this is happening on your client site, if you can't figure it out, then um, well, then you're hurting a small business, and that's just not fair. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Okay, what's the time looking like here? This is great. Now that I'm on my, I'm, I'm doing the show off a cell phone because my internet connection keeps cutting out. I feel like I'm a free range so host because I can like walk around my office and talk. <laughs> We're good for time. We got a, we got one more story before we got to take another break. Where do you want to take it? Uh, whew, uh okay. Well, there's a hey, you know what? We got to we got to mention his name again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Barry Schwartz uh, over at uh, over at seroundtable.com. I've uh, covered uh, a whole whack of things as he always does. Um, but you can there's there's a handy tip. So head over there. He actually outlines how it's done. But it's a it's a neat little tip. I didn't know this before I read it. Um, where you can link people directly um, to write a, a local review for your business. So basically, you could you could either send them in an email, hey, here's a, a link, and you just got to sort of customize it a little bit, um, to basically write to the, to the location to um, write you a review, or you could actually just put a, a link directly to it on your site and just go, you know, review us, um, and, and sort of steer the reviews towards Google as opposed to, you know, one of the other myriad of places where you might be reviewed. Especially important, I'm thinking, for um, local businesses like restaurants and, 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 you know, accommodations and stuff where the natural instinct, I know I do it. If I'm at a restaurant, I'm probably going to Yelp or Foursquare if I'm writing a review. Um, gives you the ability to sort of push people to the one that's going to hold more power when they're, you know, somebody's actually Googling for it and, and you know, for the, for the business. And, you know, you can get the stars where you want them and you can get the credit where you want it. Seriously important point, though. Do not solicit the interview. You can make the link available for the, for your clients and users, but if you solicit the interview, or if you tr- or more importantly, if you try to give an incentive, not the interview, sorry, the the, the review, mm-hmm. if you try to give an incentive for the review, you're breaking the law. Yes, that is very very true. And if you're doing that on the web, well then, dumbass, you're doing it in print. <laughs> and breaking the law is really dumb, but breaking the law in print is incredibly dumb. <laughs> Like there's, there's levels of dumbness when you're breaking the law, right? Mm-hmm. Don't do it Quick advice, my lawyer gave me one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that legal advice, Jim. Um, but but it's seriously true. The, uh, uh, what, the whatever remains of the Consumer Protection Bureau, uh, the, the, the American, American Federal Department of Consumer Protection, if it still exists, actually has laws against... Um, Offering incentives for reviews, so yes. uh, don't run afoul of that. No, very much. On that, on that, we got to take a break here on Web College and Webmaster Radio FM. It's a quarter to, 
quarter to the hour at time of recording. So on behalf of Dave Davies and Lee Talking about Marketing, this is Jim Andrew of Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Recorded on the uh, 30th of November, 2017, and we're back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life of courage, and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few, the proud, the Marines. A more refreshing kind of talk radio. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Everyone, welcome back to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 30th of November 2017. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davis from Dark Internet Marketing. And uh, Dave, a story that you posted in the in the um, in our story tree is uh, totally intriguing. Google engineer cites complexities around AI algorithms explaining themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, I, 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 when I saw the headline, I got this like uh, image of like a computer underneath a uh, sitting in a chair with this big lamp above its head, and these detectives yelling questions at it. Where were you on November twenty seventh? What were you doing? <laughs> what were you thinking? <laughs> Who were you associating with each other? <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, you, you know, I'm 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 interested in machine learning and and AI as as it relates to our jobs, um, and yeah, so I was I was very interested in in, in this piece and in, in getting a, a bit of of understanding. At the end of the day, the understanding is they don't understand, um, you know, <laughs> at its core. But it's important for us to know that as as we're pushing these things forward. And, and one of the clearest examples of this. Um, was when Rank Brain 
launched out like one of the one that, you know i don't know that's the clearest actually but it's definitely the, the the one people can most readily you know sort of wrap their brains around um rank brain came out it surprised google what its impact was as far as percentage of queries impacted um you know, it ended up being, you know, by the time we found out about it in the fall and it had launched in the spring, but by the time, uh, and this is of uh, 2015, but by the time we found out about it, it was impacting 15% of queries. It was all the queries that um, Google didn't know, it, like hadn't seen before. So it was helping to analyze those and use machine learning to, to figure that out. Sorry, Jim, I know you know this. this is more for our listeners who might not know the history of it. Um, and, and, and essentially, it surprised them, the impact that it had. Now, obviously, it was a success. They've announced they've sort of rolled it into the general algorithm. Um, so now we've got Machina, which wasn't, I'm not going to pronounce his last name. Everybody can look it up. Just go ahead and search. John started with a G. It'll, it'll fill in for you. Uh, because I, I, I keep mispronouncing his, his last name no matter how often I read it. Um, Anyway, with him as, as the head of search now, and he, he sort of spearheaded Rank Brain um, and took over for Amit Singhal, um, you know, with, with, with that taking over, knowing AI's in there, so now we've got this system, you know, Rank Brain's impacting everything. I'm sure it's, it's not the Rank Brain it, it once was. Um, for listeners who don't understand how Rank Brain works, now that it's part of the general algorithm, just look up Rank Brain, Rand Fishkin, Moz. He did a great video. Um, this sort of explains Cliff Notes you know, the, the, the core of, of what it's functioning as. I, I've yet to find a better description to sort of go, ah, okay, right? Like just light bulb for anybody um, in, in what it's doing. Um, but that they were surprised, that Google was surprised at its impact. And then they've had a, a few times that they've said, you know, we can't reverse engineer this back. Um, so to have that reiterated um, and, and sort of some of the complexities of going, yeah, it's, it's making decisions. Even the machine doesn't know necessarily why it's making the decisions, which is funny for us to think of because when we think of machine learning, when we think of computing, um, we think of a bunch of ones and zeros and formulas, right? Like that's at its core, you know, typical algorithm, you know, like, okay, the weights are changing, but it's a formula. Um, now we have a scenario where the formula is so fluid um, that even the machine itself can't reverse engineer what decision it's made. And chances are, because it's operating so quickly, by the time it's, you know, like, like you or I would do to decisions from our, you know, 20s and 30s, by the time we would be asking it, why did you make this decision? It's now making completely different decisions based on new information. And like we would now go, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't even know what I was thinking back then, right? Like, I don't know what, what I was doing. And that's sort of where the machines are ending up. So, so basically you're saying Google's created an adolescent. <laughs> yeah, at its core, and it's constantly learning. One of the things that I, and it's interesting because I've, I've just been talking a, a lot about machine learning. Um, it was interesting. I was doing it in an audit for, for a client, so talking a, a lot about machine learning. It related to their, their in technology, so it related to them specifically. Um, one of the things that's really, really interesting um, about machine learning is, in, in my understanding of it anyway, other than the fact that it can adjust quickly, it has that human nature that I was talking about. I mean, it's, it's doing it differently, but let's call it the human nature of, I don't understand why I did that then, right? I mean, I can think of a million things in my 20s. I can't quite understand what, what I was doing. Um, but the thing is, is it's basically a, a system where we've 
created a machine that re- replicates what an engineer would do. So replicating what a human being essentially would do just way faster. Like you think if an engineer sat behind me, like a Google engineer sat behind me, watched everything I did, watched everything I clicked, could it create a Jesse algorithm to create the best possible set of search results given my intent? If I refuse to talk to them about it, just naturally did things and they got to watch me. Um, yes, eventually they could, but you try and do that to seven plus billion people. And all of a sudden, you know, that's a lot of engineers sitting behind Dave's trying to figure out what to do. You put AI in and out rapidly increases, um, the speed with which they can, they can accomplish this. So to me, AI and machine learning is more about speeding up. It's taking what one human could do and then just replicating that across the entire internet surfing population. But, but, but from what you're saying, uh, the problem is you can have a million monkeys at typewriters, but there's still monkeys. <laughs> you have this brain that, that works remarkably fast, so fast that um, it eclipses the human mind by factors of thousands. But it's got ADHD. It can't remember why it did something 20 minutes ago because it's already on to the next thing. Uh, well, and that is kind of the scenario they're in and why they can't, I mean, one of the reasons, it's a complicated system, of course, but one of the reasons they can't get it to explain itself. I mean, one of the other clearest would be how do you even program in something to explain itself when its sole purpose is to evolve rapidly, right? Like when its purpose is to find new things constantly, it may be trying to explain something that it doesn't actually know the framework around to explain to us. It may be making decisions based on something it can't go, oh, here's an English version of that for you, or, you know, whatever, I'm saying English because that's my primary language, but, you know, we're trying to ask it to explain something to us when it's changing into things that we may not have taught it how to communicate with us on. So it's it's a difficult conundrum. We already know that it's, it's learning how to move through time and space. Did you read, did you actually read the first paragraph of Barry's article here? I did, yeah, and then I ended up going off and, and reading the actual article itself by Cliff Quang. Google, Google, has, Google has been saying for a year or so that they are moving from a mobile-first world to an artificial intelligent world. Now, here's what gets me. When exactly were we in the mobile-first world to begin with? <laughs> Google like, visited there and then moved through it and got to the artificial intelligent world and nobody told me? Or have the machines advanced us so quickly, Dave? And the machines that like move time forward. That's what I think happened. I think you're right. Art Bell backs me up on this. <laughs> <laughs> and there's some music. Thanks, Brasco. Very subtle. Okay, Pete. Okay, no more. I don't like Art Bell. I forget that. Forget I even said that. Um, boy. Okay, so it's been a full hour. Um, the machines will not be able to set the clock back over this. They're actually playing the goodbye music. So we do got to go. On behalf of Dave Davis from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger and Digital News Media. You've been listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's the uh, 30th of November, 2017. We're back next week. There's incredible content coming up on the network after the news, so stick around, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. The 
opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Prohibited.